It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Chris, you there, brother? Howdy, race fans. How the hell are you? It's another night of Race Chat Live. It is Chris and Craig here tonight. Have Taz that will call in just a little bit. Forward to another great night of talking about racing and what's to come and what's already happened. Uh, Mr. Craig Moore, glad to have you back, sir. Craig, are you there? Chris, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. I don't know what the heck I did, but... All right, good evening, everybody. Race Chat Live, sorry for the uh, the delay in getting, getting started. Hope everybody has had an awesome week. Uh, Chris, it's been a while, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, doing real good. Glad to have you back on the show here tonight. Uh, or or as the kids say nowadays, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a while, buddy. So, yeah, I'm excited to be back on the show and rip rare and ready to go. I don't know about you, but I'd appreciate it if you turned on the heat down there. So that way we can get some warmth up here in upstate New York. Is it already cold? Um, well, we had a little bit of frost on the pumpkins. Let's just put it that way. My goodness. So, Doesn't take long. I, I, mowed the, I mowed for the last time a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Wow. But, hey, I got a question for you. It's no fall time for y'all. It goes straight into wintertime. No, um, pretty much summer packed their shit and got the hell out of town. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. She didn't even say goodbye, yo. Yeah, about like Bubba Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, let's talk about this. I didn't get a chance to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll go to we'll go to the we'll go to the other Wallace, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace gets suspended indefinitely from NASCAR for saying something. Uh, he violated section bullshit point doesn't make sense rule and he didn't really say anything bad but yet Bubba comes out and says the same exact thing and it's kosher so and NASCAR has upheld the board upheld his suspension today I did see that come across the news wires and it is unclear whether he's going to appeal it to the highest court in NASCAR land Um, they're still weighing their options for that but here we go. We got Michael Jordan in town. He is partnering up with Denny Hamlin, and they have named Bubba Wallace because you know Bubba is the new isn't the new kid on the block, but he's the newest kid that can bring money. And you know how a few years ago we said pay to play. Well, Bubba's bringing money. It's not that Michael Jordan needs it, but uh, oh, he's, he's going to need it for this. Endeavor. Oh, he's going to need it because Bubba's <laughs> going to wreck some cars. Oh, 
My goodness. We're we're looking at about a hundred million dollar loss there in the first year or two uh with uh with, with this race team. I, I just you know it's uh it's uh Felix Sabata said it best. If you wanna make a couple million in racing, bring a couple hundred million. Amen. Amen. It's about I, like those five to one bets, you know, where Kyle Bush is gonna win this week at the five to one odd. That means if you bet five hundred, you only win a hundred if he wins. So I mean you're betting five hundred to win a hundred. Yeah, we'll talk about Crybaby, I mean Kyle Bush here in a little while, and hopefully by then Mr. CJ Sports can chime in and, and he can get out his uh crying towel. You know, it's kind of funny speaking of crying, speaking of crying, Cal. The Kyle Bush fans have one, and they're and they're yellow and black. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have a crying towel, and that's that's yellow and black. Yeah, I see the correlation. Hmm. Hmm. I don't really know. I think there's a listen. Anybody that comes out and says we're going to be out in the next round probably shouldn't be racing. But we'll oh, talk about that. Come on. Tony Stewart said, I don't even belong in this case. And he covered, he wound up winning the championship. And that's what Mr. CJ Sports, our producer, he's been claiming this whole time. that this is going to be a Tony Stewart situation, he's going to wind up winning, he's going to get hot, and he's going to go on to win a championship. Back to back. He might, but I don't know. I don't know. But uh, let's go back to the, is Taz in studio now? I thought I heard I have it. no control over the studio. I have no idea. I, I think I called in as a host, um, but I'm afraid if I hang up that it will end the show because I think when the host hangs up, the whole show ends. So um, I, I don't know. I, I was told to call in as the host, so that's what I did. Well, let me go. Let me just double check. <laughs> I had to run to the facility. But uh, let's talk about let's talk about Kyle Bush for – or not Kyle Bush uh, – I'm sorry, Michael Michael Jordan, Bubba Wallace, and Denny Hamlin. Obviously, it's going to be in a, an affiliation with Joe Gibbs Racing, and I don't see Taz as of yet. I don't see I don't see Taz as of yet. So I'm, I'm interested to know how that's going to work out with uh, with Joe Gibbs. Not sure if NASCAR had said that. Uh, Remember back when DEI was in existence, you had uh, you had Dale Earnhardt driving for Richard Childers, and plus he owned his own team. I'm not sure if <coughs> excuse me, I'm not sure if that still holds true that they can do that or not. Do you know anything about that, Chris? Well, you know, it's not they're not supposed to be able to. It'd be considered a fifth car. Uh, through the organization, but, but what people forget is that DEI was a separate entity. DEI built their own motors. They built their own uh, chassis. They, they they had their own engine department. Only later on did uh, Childress uh, combine their engine department with uh, Earnhardt. You know, and uh, you know Earnhardt even lured some people away from Richard Childress Racing to to help him uh, launch. Uh, the DEI endeavor. Uh, DEI had been around since, I believe, the late 80s. 
in in certain contests, but it only become a cup team uh, in the nineteen. I believe nineteen ninety five was the year that it actually debuted as Robbie in Robbie Gordon, if I'm not mistaken, was the very first driver uh, to debut a DEI Cup team. So, uh, and it was just a several starts. I believe Burger King or something like that was the sponsorship. Uh, eventually, Steve Park got the ride. And um, if you go back to the Steve Park download with Dale Jr., the Dale Jr. download, he talks about that how he kind of catapulted into that ride where he was helping Dale uh, build cars and, uh, you know, got, got kind of the, the, the chance to catapult his career to to, to fame and fortune, of course, with the Abbott. I, you, we've watched this whole ordeal with Joe Gibbs Racing and TRD, and they're in bed with each other. Um, one can't fart without the other smelling it. Um, and, you know, we've watched three franchises that were created through the TRD umbrella. We've seen all three of those franchises uh, basically disappear and crumble into non-existence. And uh, it, to, to name those three, Michael Walter Racing, Red Bull Racing, and Bill Davis Racing, um, I think, uh, you know, Red Bull Racing and Bill, and uh, Michael Walter Racing were created out of uh, Toyota's existence. Bill Davis was a team that had been around for a very long time. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was Jeff Gordon's car owner uh, in the Bush Series in the early 90s, 91 and 90, I believe 91 and 92. So, um, you know, the, the, he was definitely a, a guy that had been around a long time, and unfortunately... Uh, Toyota, uh, Joe Gibbs, I guess, uh, put an end to their to their. And so since then, we've said, we've watched the class turn to a racing. We've watched BK Racing go up in air, and uh, late, the latest and not the least, but Levine Family Racing. So I, I'm very skeptical, very very skeptical. If that's even the right word to use, Craig Moore, of this, you know, non-alliance alliance. This uh, we're not a fifth car, but we get all of our cars from Joe Gibbs Race Shop. Um, just, you know, it really, what this feels like, my friend, this feels like a money run. Like, Bubba Wallace has got some money, and he's got a buddy who says, hey, let me show you how to spend this money. And all in all, what Denny Hamlin's creating is probably his future when Joe Gibbs says, hey, sayonara, you know, thanks for being a company man all these years. Now it's time to go. So, you know, Denny Hamlin's probably creating this uh, ride, not just for well, Wallace, but as a catapult to get his own team going so that when Joe Gibbs gives him the old finger like he has the rest of them, uh, he'll have somewhere to go. Hello? Hello? Hey, buddy. You hear me? Your caller number five. Can you name that sound? <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. All right. So I guess we lost Craig somewhere in there. All right. I'm here. I had myself muted. Ah. Thought oh, I had boy. ran you off the platform already. With my long-winded uh, 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 conversation, I guess there, but uh, you know, your long-winded, hey, your long-winded up, rant, too. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Look, Denny Hamlin's <laughs> creating a team and using Michael Jordan's money. He's using his ties to sponsorship. They're creating a team for Bubba Wallace, which is supposed to come with $22 million. I mean, hey, you know, this this sounds like Tony Stewart 2.0. The only difference is instead of using a team that was already in creation, they're going to supposedly build a team from scratch, but yet buy all their motors from TRD, buy all their chassis from Joe Gibbs. Yeah, it's not really a build-from-scratch program here, guys. Even Ray Orbison can see that. I mean, they did. They had to buy a charter somewhere, so it's either they bought the 13 or they just bought a brand new charter just because. I want to say they bought the 13, but I haven't heard Jermaine saying they're they're shutting the doors permanently. Yeah, I, I believe it is the 13 that has been purchased. Yeah, charter. they did buy the 13. All right, now here's something that I that I just pulled up on racingnews.co on Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin forming the new alliance. This was posted three days ago. Michael Jordan says the new team will, quote, open more opportunities for black people in racing, end quote. So, I, I don't know. I just, like you said, they're not buying a, they're not buying a start from scratch team. Uh, they're they're buying it. They're buying a charter, and I'm sure they're going to have. What the hell is Michael Jordan talking about? What uh, is he saying? Is he implying that because a black man uh, tries out to be a jack man, that he's not going to be a jack man because he's black? Is that what's really freaking going on here? Well, <laughs> I mean, it says. He- it will open more opportunities for black people in racing. And that's a quote. I'm not making this shit up. I mean, I just, I just really don't get it. I really just don't get it. I thought for years we've seen a diverse group of people, uh, uh, you know, whether it be racers or pit crew members, um, what this field, I'm, I mean, Brad Doherty has been an owner in racing for over a decade now. It has to be pointed out to most people that Brad Doherty is an African American. Most people that like Brad Doherty don't even didn't even realize that he was a teammate of Michael Jordan in 1984, right? I mean, how many people in this room knew that he was a teammate? Not I did. Me. Okay, see, because most people don't. But that's that's where I just you know it's like Michael Jordan you you, you know Republicans buy sneakers too, and I think that that line that he put is just a, a selling point. I mean, you know, since when did Michael Jordan become the spokesperson for FUBU? <laughs> I thought he was the spokesperson for Nike. Wow, that was wow. <laughs> FUBU for you by you. <laughs> All I can say is wow. I can't say I, I have to agree with Taz. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean nobody has to agree I, with me. I've not been speechless in a while, but dude. Well yeah, I was actually speechless last week. I couldn't talk. <laughs> uh did you guys see that Rick Rick ended big hit with a 
uh, L2 penalty. He was fined for exceeding the allowed time for exceeding the wind time and fined for exceeding the allowed time in a wind tunnel. Additionally, 10 hours have been deducted from their allowed wind tunnel time. Um, $100,000. That's that's a lot. Well, I mean, that's a drop in a bucket for him, but it seems like it's kind of uh, kind of exorbitant, if you ask me. Hey, a rule's a rule, and uh, it, they are. I guess he's lucky that NASCAR didn't go in and take ten points off each of his drops. You know, ten to twelve. Well, points. true. Uh, because they're, they're, you know, every car that's under the Hendrick umbrella uh, made gains because of that extra wind time, wind tunnel time. What? And well, it was for the Gen right. Six car, the next gen car. Right. Um, so this, so this is not even for the car that they have now. Correct. It was for next season's car. Wow. Uh, Wait, I, next, I thought the next one was pushed back to 2022 because they couldn't do a lot of the testing they were planning because of COVID. Correct. I was just getting ready to get to that. The next-gen car was expected to make its debut in 2021, but due to uh, the Democratic pandemic, the launch has been pushed back until Daytona at 2022. So uh, the 10-hour penalty might be more painful than the $100,000 wind tunnel testing. It's highly important, especially when multiple Chevrolet teams lean on Hendricks Motorsports for data. So this could be costly. This could be costly all the way around. Well, yeah, Hendrick has always gone well beyond to try to make those gains. Exactly. And uh, listen, they couldn't get rid of TikTok. Thank God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but TikTok will be entering NASCAR. Um, Next weekend at Talladega, as it hosts the Xfinity Series, TikToks will make their debut. Uh, JD Motorsports with Gary Keller announced the deal on Thursday. Ryan Vargas will pilot the machine. Vargas has already run with the team on three occasions this year. He ran events at Pocono, Kansas, and Darlington. So let me get, no. let me say something about Vargas because I've kind of followed his career a little bit. This this kid he. Even though he's racing for JD and everything else, um, he did run in the KNN East, I believe, two years ago, if I'm right. If it's not the East, then it's the West. That kid can drive, let me tell you, and when he was not given a chance to race for the KNN ride he was in, um, because of lack of sponsorship and they hired a new driver because they had the funding behind them. Um, he was basically racing late models for a local track like Irvingdale and stuff like that. And the kid was pulling off like wins and podiums like it was nothing. Like, this is about weekend we got we got. He's and he, he goes from that to running Xfinity and he, I think he's outperforming that JD car in my opinion. For, for as little to no funding as he has behind him. Yeah, who are we talking about? The J.D. Davis team? Ryan Vargas. He's driving the six 
he'll have TikTok behind him for the rest of the season, starting at Talladega. Oh wow! So so we we've come to find out <clears throat> with JD Davis over the last several years that uh, one of their cars can seems to outperform the others, and uh, you know this is the case with Ross Chastain. Excuse me, Ross Chastain, and uh, I'm trying to think of who it was before. Because uh, somebody had a pretty successful year uh, racing, and it kind of uh, got them back, got their racing career going again. But I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking who it was at this point in time. But uh, just see, I think there's still a lot of great talent in the Xfinity Series. And when somebody can step into a ride that we know is not funded uh, heavily and not, not – you know, any of the J.D. Davis cars, are, you know, they, he runs like four or five cars every weekend, uh, all of them on a shoestring budget. Um, when you see a car like that that's performing better than the others, then you have to understand that there's probably a little bit of talent there. I think that that was probably what we've seen with Ross Chastain as well, you know, that he had a certain amount of talent. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, Ross Chastain is going to come into the Cup Series with a chip on his shoulder. And he's, he's he, you know, everybody says Joey Logano doesn't have any friends. I think Ross Chastain is <laughs> I think he's going to outdo good. Joey Logano. I mean, you that know, was good, so that, that's good, Huh? That was good. He's coming into what? the Cup Series with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I had a pun and didn't even realize it. Um, yeah, that that is actually pretty good, considering that we – Probably need to announce that Ross Chastain is a full-time driver next year for Chip Ganassi in the 42. I think I think I myself did not believe that that was going to happen. Uh, I figured it was going to be another a higher profile driver uh, than than Ross Chastain, uh, mainly because he got passed over once already. Uh, but back to that JD Davis team. That brings okay. Over in the last year, we've had DoorDash, Cash Out, now TikTok. Guys, these are major tech sponsors coming into the sport, right? This is exactly what NASCAR needed. And if you know TikTok's paying good enough money, hopefully we'll see something from this Vargas kid that we haven't seen already. And uh, you know, you put him up there with Al Gear and uh, Sieg and some of the other. Uh, higher-profile Xfinity drivers, and uh, who knows, man? Uh, he may be the next Ross Chastain. Yeah, he very well could be. We'll have to we'll have to wait and he see. Could, he could, but I don't know. If, I don't know. His, I mean, like I said, the kid can drive. But I, his aggression level is nowhere near Chastain, in my opinion. But, I mean, Chastain, that guy is whew, aggressive. Yeah, he's very aggressive. He doesn't make any friends. But you know what? When you come from the bottom, that's what you have to do. You know, and Chastain knows that he's not there to make any friends. He wants to be a race car driver. Uh, he's going to work his way to the top. I remember Joey Logano just the same way. Uh, of course, now we have to refer to Joey Logano as a cup champion because that's what he is. He's a cup champion. I'm not saying Ross Chastain is going to be a cup champion. I'm not saying the Vargas kid is going to be a, a cup champion. What I'm saying is that type of attitude is generally what it takes if you want to become a successful 
uh, race car driver, and no friends is the first is is the first issue. I think that most of Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s career was wasted because he thought that he had friends in the garage, but when he put on that helmet, the friendship went out the window. It was business, and I think that that kind of you know put in a, a, a big you know for several years Dale Jr. just wasn't the same driver because he was clearly figuring out hey. I don't have very many friends in this garage, not when it comes to racing. And so, you know, hopefully we'll see a more aggressive style from from uh, from the team, and he will make the sponsor proud. And who knows? You know, J.D. Davis is probably not going to step up his equipment, so I'm not looking for a fairy tale there. But, you know, Joe Gibbs, uh, um, uh, maybe Roush comes back. I don't know. But one of the other teams, like Kellogg Racing or something for that, uh, maybe uh, maybe they, they show interest in this kid and give him uh, another stepping stone. I mean, it would be a good opportunity if Carly were to take him. He's going from one Chevy team to another, but I think the question's going to be the funding behind him because right now only TikTok has got him full time for the rest of this year. We all know TikTok's being banned after this year, so... Well, yeah, you know, TikTok got, uh, was supposed to get banned. It didn't get banned, and now it's in NASCAR. And like Chris just said, it's it's actually good for uh, it's good for business if these tech companies come in. So if they come in and throw two million dollars at mm-hmm. uh, you get at, man. at a team. You you're right. gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be able to afford some stuff. If right. if not for the season, because we all know that it takes more than two million dollars to fund hey. a NASCAR team. You come in, you so, throw two million dollars, then the next guy, the next tech company comes in, throws four million, right? And then the next tech company comes in, they roll six million. It's just like with cash. Well, I mean, cash out come in, they throw a little bit of money on the table for Bubba Wallace. DoorDash turned around and said, "Hey, we'll triple that, okay? So let's let, let's triple that." My car went from a green race car to a red race car. <laughs> right. You know, so I mean, tech companies are seeing the value in the, into NASCAR sponsorship. Well, if you remember right. Brandon, exactly. uh, when he was on, he he mentioned like you gotta if you don't have serious funding behind you, it's gonna be hard for you to get a ride in NASCAR, regardless of high, how high or low you go. Right. If you don't have any, if you don't have money in any sport, it's gonna hard for you to be competitive. Period. Um, the same much, the same can pretty much be said for our local dirt action here, and I'm sure Chris, that's the same down in your area. The top, the top drivers have, you know, some of the best of the local sponsors. Right. You know, and I'll, I'll give you one. I'll, I'll give you a prime right. example right here in our area, Rocky Warner. The man has got, you know, he's got the backing of bigger companies, so it makes it easier for him to <laughs> mainly, to run. Mainly Jake Breaker. Well, yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt when you have Jake Breaker as your car owner. But <laughs> you know, he, he's got bigger sponsors. You know, you, you get somebody like. Uh, 
maybe a Dave Ricker up here who doesn't have top-of-the-line sponsors but is still able to be competitive, that's great. However, you don't have all the other stuff that goes along with it. So, you know, you're just going to... You're just going to have to weigh it out. And as we said earlier with the tech companies, it, it helps an awful lot when, like Chris said, one comes in and then one comes, another one comes in and goes, oh, well, here, we'll throw 200000 or two, another $2 million or another $4 million or, you know, and soon you have enough to, you have enough to fund the damn season. That's right. But I, I want to get in – Brandon Brown and uh, I believe there's another uh, another fellow. He drives the 92, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe y'all know who I'm talking about. These, these guys are both in underfunded teams as well. Brandon Brown, the number 68, he is. You know, he's he's raced his way, I believe, into the playoffs there with the uh, with his underfunded team. Uh, we've we've seen this, like I said before, with other drivers that with underfunded teams. Uh, but, uh, you know, when these names start standing out from week to week, uh, you, you know, you have to you have to understand that there's something there, right? These guys have talent. I swear, J-Ski, you used to be able to go right to something and get the, get what you're looking for. And these days, I, I spend more time searching for stuff than I, than I can actually find. Yeah, I I found that too. Which is what okay, I'm doing. Hold on. Yeah, so I'm in the Xfinity point, and uh, so I want to take a look at this. Uh, what we've got, what we're talking about here. Well, Brandon Brown, the, 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 the guy I was talking about, he's he's in twelfth and uh, There's uh, Josh Williams. That's who it is. Josh Williams in the ninety-two car. He's sitting fifteenth, man. You know, these are guys that. Throughout the whole year, they've kind of been under the radar. You haven't heard much about them, but they're at they're they're obviously competing uh, at a higher level than some of these other guys. You know, Anthony Alfredo, for instance, who has a you know a top tier ride, uh, being in the twenty one machine. You know that well. I guess they have, he has quite a few less starts. Anthony Alfredo is probably not one that I need to use as an example there, but uh. uh you know, I guess what we can say is Brendan Brown, Alex Labby, Josh Williams, these guys have overperformed in, in equipment that we don't uh, advertise as being top-notch. Well, Alex Labby, you mentioned him. We know, we know that kid can drive. And the reason – and for those who don't know, Alex Labby – uh, he's Canadian, and he was a he's a big big guy, hot shot. Well, I guess hot shot may be a little over extensive for this, but big name over in uh, Canada in the uh, Pinty series. Guy's always competitive, running up front. Um, I haven't looked into his full-on Pinty uh, series career, but he's a big name for sure, and that's how basically he was given the rights he's been given through Xfinity 
Um, not sure exactly on the truck, however, but uh, trying to pull up what, he, what I have for Lebay. Currently 14th in Xfinity points. Um, and he's only 27 years old. Um, and he is a Pinky Series champion uh, back in 2017. Um, in the Pinty Series, um, he's run 53 races in over eight years, has six wins under his belt, and 37 top tens to go along with seven poles. So he's, so the kid can drive if given, if given the right equipment. Great. You there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I I heard something. Well, it's great to see that, like, all these drivers in in the Xfinity series, anyways, um, get the get the time and getting recognition now that they normally haven't gotten or normally don't get or have never really gotten in the past and now they're they're now getting the spotlight. Yeah, uh, there, there's definitely some other performers in the Xfinity series and, and, and I think we've talked about this before. The cup seats are starting to fill up. We've steadily seen a rise in the level of competition in the experience series and structure. There's going to be a five-year period where there's going to be kids that are good enough to come to Cup. It's just not a ride open. And it's going to be very exciting to see what drivers out of the list of them that we see now, you know, what drivers are, are going to not get the, the quick call-up. Those guys that are going to have to race their way through the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series and stay there and make a name for themselves there. Through the whole adaption of the new way that we do the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series without the Cup influence, this is going to be a you know this is going to be that uh, that period of time where in the next few years we're going to really get to see if there is a, a Tommy Houston, you know, or uh, um, uh, some of the other. The Jimmy Means, some of the other guys that were really staples of the Xfinity Series, uh, Bush Series, as we would know, uh, in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, uh, the, you know, you use that platform uh, to make a name for themselves. Of course, Frank Kimmel, you know, an ARCA guy, he's been around forever. And uh, uh, Gearhart, uh, Bobby Gearhart, he's been around at ARCA forever. So, you know, those guys, that they, they, they didn't ever really get the rise up, but they've been around. They've competed every year. Uh, Bobby Gearhart has won probably more Daytonas uh, than, than Dale Earnhardt. Um, and he's probably got more wins at Daytona than anybody. Uh, Frank Kimmel, same way, you know. And, and uh, so these guys, they didn't really you know, they didn't get the cup tour. They didn't get to go to the big league. Uh, but they made a name for themselves uh, racing uh, their, their, you know, their competition week in, week out. Well, I think this year the truck series is one of the I it's 
in my opinion, I believe this year's the Truck Series is the most competitive I've seen, or I can at least remember, in quite some time, actually. Um, I mean, if you look at it last year, um, I, I, I guess you can make an argument saying you had about between 10, 12, maybe 13 competitive trucks to try to go in and win a race or competitive for top five and stuff like that. This year, you have, like, almost 20 trucks that are trying to vie for 10 playoff spots. And because there's so many, you had a hard time trying to figure out, well, who's going to win what race or who's going to be your 10 drivers entering the playoffs this year? Because last year, well, you see, okay, 11, 12 trucks, they're fighting for eight spots. So then you're just like, okay, you can mark off uh, basically the four, three or four lowest uh, full-time drivers that are not going to make the playoffs, and then you basically had your field. I mean, you could have done that by around the second or third truck race of the season. This year, you couldn't even do that till playoffs are basically coming around. Because at that point, you're like, you don't know who's going to shine or who's going to fail. Because, like I said, you, the, truck, the truck field this year is, is so optimistic because there's so much talent and so many um, – competitive teams out there in general. So, And I believe um, if, some, if a few of them utilize their talents and every in their futures right, I think we're going to see a few of them go up to Xfinity, and Xfinity is probably going to be pretty darn competitive next year, and oh, I would say more competitive than this year. I can agree with the uh, Xfinity Series being uh, just just as competitive, if not more competitive, next year as these guys uh, get more and more experience. We we have put a lot of drivers into the Cup Series over the last few years. Uh, we've watched a lot of seats uh, become vacant. Uh, and then this is the natural progression of NASCAR. It happens every 20 years. You get a whole new breed of drivers. Uh, there's, you know, it's like it's like – you know, 10 drivers will show up in the next 10 years. That'll blow your mind. But all at one time, over a, over a, a few years, we'll replace 10 drivers because they all come in at the same time. And it's kind of similar with Ryan Newman, Casey Kane, Dale Earnhardt, Matt Kenseth, Carl Edwards. You know, those guys were from the same era, and they all kind of started disappearing just like they come into the series. So, um, that Ryan Newman, give it to him. He, he's still hanging on. Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we've got the next progression of drivers that are, that are going to be leaving soon. You know, Denny Hamlin's probably – his name's on that list. Truex, uh, Harvick, Boyer, you know, uh, Kurt Busch. So there's still quite a few rides to uh, – a few quite a few drivers who will be able to replace these drivers when they leave. They're going to replace somebody. You know, Matt Diabedetto may get a call. Uh, Corey LaJoy may get one of these rides. Uh, but at the same time, those rides will be replaced with somebody else. So, you know, it's an it's a ever-evolving door. And, uh, you know, Xfinity Series come up with, uh, you know, a saying a few years ago, this is where names are made. Well, you know, that this is their time to shine. As, uh, I'm going to quote a 
uh, WWE superstar he is. But uh, you, at this rate, what we're seeing now is basically step up or step aside. Because I mean, there's there's a lot of hungry drivers out there that wanna that wanna move up into these top tier rides or being competitive rides and. But like it's, we're at the we're at the stage right now where there's so many hungry guys, you gotta basically fight for your job at this rate every single year. We got round two of the playoffs coming up. Um, starting this weekend. It is this weekend, man, right, please. At Las Vegas. Yeah. No fans allowed. No fans. Uh, but, but we're, we're watching the landscape change. They did get the word of fans or no fans? Yeah, no fans. That's a shame. Yeah. They wouldn't let any fans in for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they spent $2 billion on that stadium. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, if they they weren't going to let NFL fans in, they're definitely not going to let NASCAR fans in. Back to what you were saying, though. About the uh, about the evolution of these drivers, you know, the landscape of NASCAR is changing as well. You, you don't need to just be good at mile and a half speedways. You, we're watching, you know, California. They're going to turn into a a, a a half mile speedway or something to that to that effect. It's going to be a short track, uh, half half mile short track, and we're going to see Circuit of the Americas take over a Texas uh, points race. Right. I mean, you know, the, the landscape is changing, you know. Uh, NASCAR today is not going to be NASCAR tomorrow. Uh, they, they've, they've made that statement, and uh, they're going to hold true to it. You know, Texas is one of my most favorite tracks to go to. It's, uh, it's always an exciting race. It always has been from the very first race ever held at Texas Motor Speedway uh, when they had a big disastrous lap of, uh, crash on the very first lap. Texas Motor Speedway has always been exciting. But... NASCAR is devoted to making changes. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool that Austin will gain a, a race out of this. But, you know, I, I think I said a couple of years ago, put the brakes on all these road course races, right? Because we've seen some pretty stinky-fied road course races. We've, uh, we've, we've, we've seen some exciting road course races. Uh, but then, you know, we've also seen some that were just outright boring. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last Sonoma race from last year was was pretty much a stink show. It was a uh, it was not a very good show. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Sonoma. Um, Watkins Glen, I know, can put on uh, good races. If, uh, I know some years it had some stinkers, but um, the last couple of years it's put on um, pretty good races. Um, I mean, shoot, the Charlotte Rovers been 
uh, good race to talk about. Um, Daytona Road Course would have been great if Chase Elliott wasn't the dominator in that one. Um, but Sonoma, I Sonoma, I feel like if there's a driver or two each year that can uh, get that track, or if there's whoever the, basically the fastest driver is that entire weekend, they're going to dominate the race at Sonoma. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Uh, but Circuit America from little it's in pieces of what I've caught through IndyCar whenever they've raced there. Um, there's some good, there's some pretty good racing in there. So I'm hoping that with the uh, Cup cars, they'll be able to see the same thing. Yeah, I'm not sure that Cup racing is going to be as exciting at these Grand Prix or these. Uh, uh, Formula One racetrack, you know, IndyCar racetracks, as we, as we think it's going to be. I think the funnest, uh, most fun racetracks, you know, like the Roval, you wouldn't expect the IndyCar Formula One car to race there. Uh, Watkins Glen, I'm not sure. I can't remember the last time the IndyCar or I believe Formula One ever raced there. Um, you know, so th- these are not typical tracks uh, for that type of racing, these are more tracks for sports car racing, and I, you know, I, I believe that that fits the, uh, fits the grade a little bit better, uh, than putting all your, you know, all your money down on, uh, on a place like Austin, you know, Barber Motorsports Complex over here in Birmingham. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's one of those where I think the Indy cars have a tough time going there because that's really not intended for an Indy car facility. That was intended for a sports car facility. Uh, so anytime you give these challenging, uh, you know, ideas to these drivers, they're going to adapt. But unfortunately, when you give them something that's too challenging, it, uh, the the racing is going to be affected by it. We've had a lot of quiet dead time on the show here tonight. And uh, oh, sorry, sorry about that. I did, uh, Take care of some of them for a quick second, but uh, I believe I was. I, I, I see. I see. I see your point. I don't know. I, I know he was having some kind of phone issue, but um, so yeah, I, I see what you mean, though. It, certain road courses are meant for, say, like NASCAR, and certain road courses are mainly built for sports car, Indy car, Grand Prix type things, but. Um, I think with the new schedule changes and different challenges we're coming up to um, within the next year, well, actually two years now that you throw Auto Club in, um, it's going to be interesting to to see how everyone's going to adapt going into these tracks kind of cold turkey. Not knowing, not knowing really anything or what they think they know, it's not going to be it. Right. Yeah. Right. Who's that? The uh, the Jason. Yeah, I'm think, trying to pull up the uh, uh, the points. 
for the Cup Series because now we're 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 starting back over. Everything goes back to zero. Um, four guys are out. Now it's time to move the next four out. And uh, oh shoot, where's the point? No, that's not it. I'll tell you, just just gotten too complicated there, Naz, on pulling up. Uh, there we go. Well, in my prediction from the first round, I got three of the four drivers correct <laughs> um, that I thought would be eliminated. Um, you know, Blaney's the better battle cluster. I got both three right. Um, I predicted Bowman to go on first round, but he actually performed a lot better than I had anticipated. And Byron um, is eliminated first round, so. Um, yeah, the four guys that start out on the bubble, uh, three really belong there. Well, I'd say two at least belong there. One really doesn't belong there. Uh, Austin Dillon is the one who's outperforming where we would think he would be. He's currently in the eighth spot. The ninth spot's held by Eric Amarillo. The tenth spot by Kyle Busch. The eleventh spot by Clint Boyer. And Kurt Busch in that final and twelfth spot. Um, the progression of the chase uh, will eliminate uh, four more of these guys in less, in less than three races. Um, I, I, I really do, I just don't see much movement uh, for many of these guys. So Austin Dillon and Eric Amarola are tied. I could see where those two could be switched out. Uh, Kyle Busch may make a run. Alex Bowman kind of seems to be on shaky ground. Uh, so, um, you know, it's it's going to be – it's going to come down to who has the best finishes. We already know this. Who can pick up uh, stage points. Uh, stage points are probably the most critical thing right now for these guys that are, you know, seventh on back. Uh, like I said, Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, those guys can uh, can easily be uh, back further. Alex Bowman with 3,009 points, Austin Dillon with 3,005, Eric Amarola with 3,005, Kyle Busch 3,004. All Kyle Busch has to do is go out and run good. That's all he's got to do. He doesn't have to try to win right now. All he's got to do is go out and compete, get some really, really good finishes, and let the rest of the guys kind of, you know, put themselves out of it. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., you know, does he have what it takes to go to the Final Four? I don't think so. Not this year. Uh, but he's definitely been a contender and can show up and win uh, on any given weekend. Chase Elliott, you know, as much as we – Hate to give this guy any publicity, or I do at least. Um, he's the strongest Hendrick car uh, in the stable, and uh, probably has a competitive advantage over any of the other guys I've named previously. Joey Logano, Joey can sync up the show, or he can go and win it all. We've seen Joey do both. Uh, Brad Keselowski, kind of the same thing. Brad Keselowski. Joey Logano, both only have one championship between, you know, they carry two between them, but each only have one championship. Then you get in Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, the two favorites for the year. Kevin Harvick, nine wins this season. Unbelievable. 2020 has been uh, very, very good uh, for Kevin Harvick, and it shows that old guys 
can can still go big. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's got Denny Hamlin, but, you know, Denny Hamlin's been known as the choker. Uh, he's choked many, many times before. When you have a guy who's nicknamed the choker and you've got a guy that's nicknamed the closer, most of the time you would put your money on the guy who's named the closer. So uh, because he's been here before, he's done it, he's closed them out, he's won it all. And uh, right now, you know, Kevin Harvick has to be the early favorite for the cup championship this year. Well, I kind of did um, like a little playoff bracket prediction type deal, kind of like how everyone gets those there, fills out their bracket for their March Madness tournament and stuff like that. Um, I, like I said earlier, in the first round, I predicted Blaney, Bowman, uh, Benedetto, and Custer. Um, I got, like I said, three out of the four right. Um, Byron was eliminated. Bowman stayed in. Uh, for the second round, um, Ed Byron stayed in. I was going to pick. I had uh, Almarola, Byron, Austinville, and Kyle Bush eliminated. Um, and then my round of after the round of eight, I had I would pick Harvick, Hamlin, Case, and Keselowski to make the final four. With Harvick winning the championship, um, but with Byron being out and Bowman in, um, in this, um, in this round, um, I'm going to stick wow. with Austin Dillon. I'm going to stick with Austin Dillon, Eric Almarola, Kyle Busch. If he can, I think if Kyle Busch uh, performs better than what he has been all season long. Um, I think he could straight through, but unless that ha- like I said, unless that happens, I still don't see him making it out of this round. So I would I'm gonna stick with Kyle Bush being eliminated. Um, being at Talladega, he doesn't really have the finishes and he has not done well for Roseville in the two years that uh the cup is raced there. Um then my other pick I'm I'm hesitant on. Um, I'm stuck between Boyer, Bowman, and Kurt Busch. I, I don't know which one to pick to be eliminated in that round. Well, you've, you've been pretty close on all your eliminations, and it uh, looks like you've, uh, you know, my biggest... Uh, one is you know, obviously you think Kurt Busch is coming up to some tracks that he's going to, you know, that he could definitely excel at. Boyer, on the other hand, I'm just, uh, I'm just pretty much, I have felt like Boyer's season is a wash, and uh, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks that uh, Boyer's probably going to go to the uh, announcing booth and uh, no longer be a driver. I just, I just have that feeling. Yeah, the the only concern I see um, with Kurt Busch that might uh, I think with Kurt Busch, the only thing that I'm struggling to see where he may or may not get eliminated. Um, unfortunately, statistically, is the fact we're coming up to this weekend. 
That is his worst track in terms of average finish. Um, for this round, anyway. Um, yeah, Las Vegas has not been brother. Yeah, and then Bowman, in terms two of the three tracks um, in this round, Bowman's finish, average finish is 20th or worse. So that's where I'm not sure at. And Boyer, well, we've seen how the season has gone. But um, the Rose, he seems to sign in. I... He seems to sign with the Robles, so maybe he could pull something off there in order to put him through, but I don't know. Like I said, it, it's a tough call between those three for me. Right. Yeah. Well, we're getting into the guts of stuff, and, uh, you know, it's uh, the season's winding down. Uh, we only have just a few more races left in front of us. Do you see any upsets? Do you see anybody that's already eliminated from the chase picking up picking up a win here toward the end of the season, Taz? Um well, as a fan, I'm gonna say this outright and it should be expected. Um, I would like to see Johnson get a win at some point this year. Where? I don't know. Um maybe the Volvo could be one. Being that he had, being the first year, he would have finished second had he not, you know, not messed up the final chicane. I'm not going to relive or talk about that because that was a heartbreaking day when I saw that. Um, I. Maybe he might do something at Martinsville if he can run well there um, later on in the year. Those are the only two tracks I could really see him uh, get a win. Um, yeah, Talladega. Talladega. I think the Roval, Martinsville. Um, those are uh, a couple of quite a few tracks, I think, that kind of favor Hendrick Motorsports at this point in time. Uh, well, Talladega, Tal- you also have the thing Penske does well on play tracks. I mean, you look at um, Blaney, who's now eliminated. He's won the last two Talladega races. Right. Um, Keselowski is also an iconic Talladega winner. Um, right. Coming from Penske right. there, so it, it's I think Talladega is going to, for me, Talladega is a Penske versus Hendrick kind of battle. Which one are you going to get? Um, I know there was that nail-biter last year in the playoffs with Blaney versus Newman. Um, and Blaney straight by with the skin of his teeth. But that's the thrill of Talladega for you. Right. Yeah, man, it won't be long either. It will not be long. Um, um, yeah, I'm seeing now where uh, Moffitt uh, looks like he's going to have some sponsorship to run Talladega in the Xfinity series. Um, we've talked about Vargas, Carson, Alcavar is going to race full time with Nissan Motorsports in the truck series next year. 
Uh, Jeremy Clements. Jeremy. I haven't talked much about him, the Clement Power. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like uh, looks like we covered most of the bases here tonight. Uh, Taz, I appreciate you uh, being on the show with us and uh, getting uh, getting another night out. Uh, I do um, anticipate some good racing this weekend in Las Vegas, even without the fans there. Uh, Kyle Busch has found success at Las Vegas. Kurt Busch has found has not found success at Las Vegas. Uh, we will keep our eye on Bush Brothers. Leave uh, rolling into this race, though. So you have to. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you have to. Yeah. Somebody to and like uh, I said, I think. I think this race is going to basically determine Kurt Busch for this round of playoffs. And that's my opinion. Kyle Busch needs to perform, and unfortunately, two of the tracks that were at this round are, are uh, he hasn't really performed well at. Um, I mean, you can argue Talladega, he's running around 20th, but I mean, this is the playoffs. You've got to be a top of your game every, each and every right. week. It's not the regular right. season where you can have one bad race and make up for it the next two weeks. Right. Well, this is the round, I think, last year where we've seen some surprising moves. I believe Ryan Blaney catapulted uh, himself into the uh, the, the last eight. Um, Same with Kyle Larson. No one expected with that. Yeah, Larson as well. He had a, he had a late, late inning drive. Um, so, you know, we're going to watch some of these guys from the back. And, you know, Kurt Busch uh, should be one of those that will watch Kyle Busch. But, um, you know, until somebody can go up there and race Harvick and beat Harvick, I, I, I'm just going to have to keep my winning stick with Kevin Harvey. He's going he's gonna to tear it up this weekend in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think this is going to be set up for him. But uh, I wouldn't sleep on him one either or – um. Uh, let me see. They worked on average finishes for each. They're all 16 of playoff drivers at each of the tracks they're going to. Um, for Las Vegas, for guys that you don't really want to um, want to keep your eye on. Um. The, um, I'll say top, I'll say top six of the playoff drivers in this round, anyways, to keep your eyes on for. Um, Logano, Keselowski, Truex is a little bit, maybe a little bit of a soccer, maybe not. Depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, Kyle Busch is, he's got, he's run well there. Harvick, we all know him, and of course Hamlin. So Harvick and Hamlin. We all know we've watched them all season long, but uh, but those are drivers I would look out for this weekend. But of course, Kurt Busch, to me, Kurt Busch is going to be this. This is the race that's going to make a break, in my opinion. Do you think right now is not a very good time for Denny Hamlin to to announce that he's creating his own team next year? Like, if Denny Hamlin chokes for the rest of the year, will it be not? the very first thing that people come up with that uh, maybe he put a little bit too much on his plate trying to prepare a, a race team by next year and such short notice. 
if he doesn't go out and win a championship this year, I think that this is going to be kind of one of those things where you look back and you say, well, wait a minute, you know, was he was he as focused as what he should have been uh, during this time? And having the career year that he's having, that's a, that's a tough question to try to answer. I think he's I think he's managed to balance it out. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that can behind the scenes stuff that he's put on, but um, being that he's trying to operate his own team now with Michael Jordan and stuff like that, but um, I think. Now with the announcement, but I'm sure a lot of the stuff that happened up until the announcement just now, I'm sure that if he was able to do all of that, whatever he did with Michael Jordan leading up to the announcement, um, saying he's got a charter, he's got a driver, everything's lined up for next year. Um if he's able to win races and be competitive week in, week out, and do all the behind-the-scenes to make sure everything's aligned before you announce it, um, I think he's now focused um, for playoffs. I mean, he's going to be he's gonna focus on next year for his own team and stuff, but I think if he's managed to do what he did before the announcement, and be a competitive winning driver um, and balance it out very well. I, I think I think people that are going to jump on the bandwagon and say, well, if Danny doesn't win a championship, it's because of his focus on an ownership team. I just, I don't, I think the people that are going to be like that, they, I don't think they're seeing um, the bigger picture, in my opinion. I think they just but no, he's, he's many years before that he is the national choke artist. He is worse than the Atlanta Falcons when it comes down to the uh, to, to time management and winning the championship. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I mean, we, we watched Atlanta blow a, a 40 to something lead. Uh, this past weekend against Dallas, 39 to something. That's crazy. Uh, but uh, Denny Hamlin can go out there. He can show everybody how to lose one and has done that repeatedly over the years. I'm, I, I, I expect him to do it again this year. It would just uh, would like to find some reason uh, to blame it on, I guess, and that, uh, that's what I feel like most of the writers will, will go to is that he, he was distracted uh, creating a cup team. Um, but, uh, so who do you have to, to win this week, Taz? And we'll go ahead and get off the air. Oh, boy. Um, I'm not going down the Chevy road this week. I do believe it'll be a Ford. And I'm not going in the direction you're probably thinking, Chris. Um... I'm going to sneak in a Penske driver. I'll probably go with Joey Logano. Being that, his, being that his, 
His average finish there is eighth at Las Vegas, which tops all playoff drivers. So I, I think Joey Logano could could uh, get a win in here, and it's been a while since he's since he's won. So I I think this will be a good stepping stone for him. Yeah, that's a good pick. Definitely is. Well, I want to thank you, listeners, for listening here tonight. And uh, we'll thank, uh, thank uh, 110 Nation uh, for giving us a platform to have our show on. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Craig wasn't able to finish out the show with us. Uh, but uh, we do want to thank Chaz for filling in his shoes uh, again. But uh, we'll be back on the show again next week. Hopefully we'll have some of these kings and bugs uh, worked out. And uh, Mr. CJ Sports, want to thank you for all that you do, and uh, let you folks get back to watching the football game. All right. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.